Hey everybody, it's Sean Harwell. This is the Never Heard of It podcast. This is the show where we talk about the movies that have fallen through our cracks and yours. Thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you for joining me, Craig Moorhead. Would you like to say hello? I would. Hello. Uh, I'm Craig Moorhead, back again for the first time. Feels good to be back, doesn't it? Season three. It does. Like, I mean, like third time's a charm. There's it no does. way we could have gotten worse, right? I don't think so. Those last uh, those last couple of episodes, I hope everyone listened to the David T. Up and to the David episode because those were amazing. <laughs> so good. Yeah. So good. <sighs> you were especially good. Oh, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, Craig, would you like to be especially good and tell the people um, where they can say hello online? I certainly would. Here's the deal. You can go to our website, neverheardpodcast.com. From there, you can find links to our Twitter account, our Instagram. Uh, we're on Facebook. You can find us there. Um, if you're looking for our podcast, which I guess you're not, you can look on uh, Spotify. you can find it on Spotify. It's on Apple. you can find it at all kinds of places. You can listen to it on our uh, site. But if you do find it on Apple, we'd love to have a review, say some words, or just give us, you know, five or six, seven stars, however many stars you can give somebody. <laughs> Yeah, if you could add a couple stars more than what they allow, that'd yeah. be really cool. Write to Tim Cook, ask if you can add a couple extra stars. He'll give them to you. Yeah. Uh, busy. Point being, it helps people find the podcast, and uh, and that's a, it's a service you can do for someone else. And that's what 2019 is all about, I think, is, yep. is helping other people. Yeah, it's the year of giving. It really is. Hey, speaking of giving, let's give the people a great tee up. Let's do it. Okay. All right, we're talking special bulletin today. This is another TV movie to round out our theme of uh, TV movies for the month of January or February. Yeah, Sorry. February, whatever. Whatever month. I don't even know. Um, this is from 1983. Craig, would you like to know how I found out about this movie? Sean, I'd like to know that more than anything. Okay, there's a website called Google, and it's crazy because mm-hmm. you can just type in things like best TV movies, mm-hmm. and uh, you hit enter, and you know somebody somewhere in the world has taken to their computer and compiled a list of that of that very thing. This sounds like and, some uh, kind of s- fantasy movie. I know. It's like Harry Potter world, but it's not. Okay. Um, it happened. I looked at it, and the, the number one movie on that list of this person was Special Bulletin. I've never heard of Special Bulletin. No. Uh, no I've never even gotten a Special Bulletin before in my life. Mm-hmm. So we're about to get one. I'm excited about this. I immediately looked at the director and was like, yep, okay, I'm watching that. And... Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, some of the stuff that went into the making of it. And then uh, I think you're first going to hit us up with cast and crew. Do we want to do a synopsis for this one right off the bat? I say we and, do. Yeah, let's do it. All right. From the end of Baba, they tell us that Special Bulletin is about a TV reporter and cameraman who are taken hostage on a tugboat mm. while covering a worker strike. The demands of the hostage takers are to collect all the nuclear detonators in the Charleston, South Carolina area, so they may be detonated at sea. They threaten to detonate a nuclear device of their own if their demand isn't met. Oh, man. Love it. Hide, hide of the Cold War, mm-hmm. nuclear fear, uh, uh, the hotbed of Charleston, South Carolina. As far as nuclear fears go, that is uh, tugboats, yeah. I'm, all, I'm all for it. That's the most intriguing part of this to me. I'm assuming yeah. I'm going to learn something that I really don't know. Where, where when when you've got a movie where the whole point is that they want to collect all 
of the nuclear detonators. Right. But just in the South Carolina, Charleston, <laughs> South Carolina area. Yes. Well, I do think they have nuclear reactors in that area, sure. or they did at some point, um, if memory serves. I think there's a Ross McElwee documentary, if it's not Sherman's March, it's another one where there's a woman who's protesting such a thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think also the form of this movie is going to be revealing about um, maybe why it popped up absolutely uh, as, as a TV movie, which we'll get into. But yeah, uh, no reason, no clue why they, they targeted Charleston. Maybe someday we'll find out. Um, but until that day, Craig, you want to tell us who made this thing? Let's do it. You told me all about it. You, you're the one who pointed me in the direction of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things you pointed out was that it was directed by one Mr. Edward Zwick. Indeed. Yeah. And if that did name, not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't uh, doesn't uh, cause you hiccups. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> there you go. That was a terrible. <laughs> uh, let me explain who this dude is. So first of all, he is. Behind some of your favorite television shows, mm-hmm. such as 30-something, heard of it? Massive. That's right. Created that. And that'd be the only TV show you've heard of. And then, uh, but, but, but more importantly, uh, he made the movie uh, Glory. Uh, he made the movie Legends of the Fall, directed uh, both of those. Won the mm-hmm. Oscar, I believe, for Glory. Did he know? Uh, or, or at least the movie won the Oscar. Um, did it now? Did it not? No, you're right. No, he didn't. He didn't win for that. He didn't win for glory. What? That? That's some bullshit research on my part. <laughs> Holy cow! Uh, okay, he didn't win the things you think he probably won. He won other stuff. Point yeah. being, he's, he's a, a big dude. Yeah, he's a big dude in movies. He's done a lot of movies. Uh, Courage Under Fire is still one that I remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mainly because I think it was uh, uh, Matt, what's his name? You know, the famous guy, uh, you know. Uh, um, Matt, Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon. <laughs> yeah. Matt Damon uh-huh. starved himself for the role because he's supposed to be sick, you know? Yeah. And apparently, like, it really messed up his health in real life. Like, uh, hmm. yeah. But uh, that's that. how dedicated he was to the role. Uh, so check out. Skinny Matt Damon and Courage Under Fire. You get a chance. Anyway, let's move on. Um, More than one person uh, worked on this movie. Uh, It was written by Marshall Herskovitz, who is a frequent collaborator with Edward Zwick. Also Mm -hmm. worked on 30-something. Wrote the screenplays for Last Samurai and Jack Reacher, Never Go Back. Because Edward Zwick directed Jack Reacher, Never Go Back, the sequel. He did. Yeah. Seemed like an interesting choice. Although I noticed that Zwick, a lot of his stuff really skews military. He has done a lot of military stuff, yeah. which is an odd combination for the guy who like created 30-something. And it seems like it. I think was involved in uh, My So-Called Life as well. <laughs> was he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Yeah, we'll I see. Think he got a, I think he, I'm oh, pretty yeah, sure he, he got an Emmy for that, too. Yeah, yeah right. You're right. <laughs> I'm wrong. No, I don't know. Zwick also uh, helped write that. Now, it was produced by Zwick and Herskovitz, and a woman by the name of Lynn D. Baltimore, which kind of sounds made up, Oof, but I don't fantastic. think it is. Yeah. yeah. 
she uh, produced such things as uh, Hollywood's Most Sensational Mysteries, which sounds intriguing. Um, and uh, another producer on it was Don Olmeyer. Does that na- name sound familiar to you? Olmeyer. Olmeyer. Olmeyer! No, but I was just thinking how weird it would be if... What was it? Donna B. Baltimore? Was it? Uh, Lynn D. Baltimore. Lynn D. Baltimore had created Carmen San Diego. Oh was, God, she was like all about cities. His last names. That would be yeah. yeah. Uh, tell me about uh, Mr. Olmeyer. Olmeyer uh, eventually was the president of NBC West Coast. No kidding. So he was overseeing shows like Seinfeld and The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. He was uh, wow. he was a big deal, but he was always a big TV guy. Did tons of sports stuff like Super Bowls and World Series and stuff like that. So he's a big, mm-hmm. kind of a big event guy. Uh, and it yeah. kind of makes sense that he's helping produce this particular movie because it seems like the movie is putting itself across as a special bulletin from the news. Mm-hmm. Um, which I found interesting. Uh, the film was edited by Arden Rainu. Wow. No typos there. And uh, Arden... Also edited 1982's Two Top Bananas. I didn't check. I just wanted to keep that title nice and pure. Two Top Bananas <laughs> is a TV Two movie. Two Top Bananas, mm-hmm. okay. And also edited 1996's Dwarf on the Diamond. Tim hmm. Conway series Dwarf. Oh, Dwarf characters. yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so that one must be about baseball. I remember Dwarf on Golf. Right. Okay, yeah. Dwarf on Golf, yeah. Uh... There's no one listed as a director of photography. So I'm assuming lots of camera operators. Mm -hmm. Seems like they're in kind of a multi-cam situation there, trying to pull off this newscast. Uh, But no one's listed. I I, I even looked at the end credits on the movie, and I didn't see anyone listed as a cinematographer or anything like that. Composer, also apparently not listed, but it says the composer, Ferdinand J. Smith, who also did lots of sports stuff, uh, and also composed the music for an ABC After School special called The Late Great Me, Story of a Teenage Alcoholic. <laughs> oh, God, that's good. Whew. Is Joey Lawrence in that? Joey Lawrence is is the <laughs> titular teenage alcoholic. Whoa. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. It's okay. Uh, let's get into who's starring in this thing. Yeah, so we're going to wrap do. this up. Uh, first, Ed Flanders. Ned, Ned Flanders? I know. That's what I kept thinking. So yeah. close to being Ned Flanders. But no, Ed Flanders is is an actor who is all over TV uh, for quite a while. He played six different characters from 1969 to 1975 on the show Hawaii 5 Holy moly. I found that really interesting. Like Every year he was in an episode of Hawaii 5 playing someone completely different. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, but he was uh, had a prominent role in St. Elsewhere. Uh, he was also in uh, Salem's Lot, The Exorcist mm. Three. Ooh, yeah. Um, I mean he he's he's got a face that's he's he's a very eighties actor. I'll just say that. Like <laughs> he's a, got a face for horror. He's <laughs> got a face for horror. Yeah, no doubt about that. And he is our he's our anchor, I believe, in this one. So you'll see a lot of them. You that also get uh, Catherine Walker. Uh, you would have seen Catherine in such movies as Slap Shot, Daryl, oh, and Neighbors. Oh yeah, we I watched Daryl for our 1985 yeah. series. I remember her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, got Roxanne Hart from such movies as The Verdict, 
uh, Highlander, and uh, even uh, put out a movie uh, last year called Deadly Lessons. Ooh. Yeah. About tennis lessons? I think it was about tennis lessons, but with very dangerous tennis balls. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) We've got uh, David Clennon, who played Palmer in The Thing. He was also in Gone Girl. Mm. You've got David Rash. Does that name sound familiar? Uh, No. Oh, it should. It should, because he was in the show, the starring role of Sledgehammer. Oh, yes. Remember that? I, I, I'm looking at his face right now. Oh, I love that guy. Uh, Burn After Reading also. Yep. Uh-huh. Had a great role in that. And, and tons of tons of TV stuff. Oh, that guy's great. Yeah, yeah I love this guy. And, and I guess in, in this one, he's playing someone, yeah, very, uh, at least not playing for comedy, which I think huh. he's a terrific comic actor. But uh, sure. got Rosalind Cash. She was in Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai, Tales okay. from the Hood, The Omega Man. She's been a lot of fun stuff. Lane Smith. This is another character actor who, I mean, his face, you recognize him. I, I was trying to pull out a a character that people would like, oh, yeah, that guy, but no. But once you see him, he, he's, he's, got, he's one of those faces. Okay. But interestingly, we have a connection between these two movies. Christopher, no. Christopher Allport oh. is also in this movie. Um, so uh, uh, yeah, he was in David and Special Bulletin. Yep, man. Yeah, so that was uh, that was uncanny what you pulled he, off there. He, yeah, he takes the crown. He totally does. He takes the crown. This week's king of the podcast, Christopher <laughs> Allport, and that is my rundown on Special Bulletin. So Sean, thank you, Craig. Absolutely, of course. Uh, that's that's fascinating. You know, I I didn't even really think about the fact that uh, yeah, you, there might be some familiar faces in this and and lots of faces just in general given what it sounds like the movie is yeah but uh once again a little difficulty finding a ton of information about this movie and how Mm -hmm. it came together but uh what we talked about is yeah i'm excited to just kind of see how they pulled this off because what i learned was uh craig this movie was actually shot on videotape at the time Mm. uh done specifically to resemble uh, a an actual live news broadcast a bit more, and oh. um, I don't know if that had any uh, influence on why there's no cinematographer listed or right. or or what or director of photography. But um, it definitely it says that you know it gave the presentation the visual appearance of being live. Well, interestingly, uh, yeah, in in next to um, Arden Rainu, the the editor, next to his name, it did have in parentheses videotape. And like I kind of didn't know how to take that. It was like he edited it, but it was video. Eh, it was video, yeah. yeah. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. No. Uh, Wikipedia goes on to say that other small touches, such as uh, the actors hesitating or stumbling over dialogue as if being spoken uh, extemporaneously, and small technical glitches, uh, contributed to the realism. Mm-hmm. With the exception of RBS Network and news jingles, there's also no musical score used. Right. And I also read that this is one of the first. Um, where did I, that bit of trivia go? One of the first TV movies ever produced without some sort of opening credits. Uh, yeah. We'll see when we watch it, but I believe this opens with like a very special uh, commercial for this fictional RBS network. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Again, I think they're going for a bit of the War of the Worlds radio broadcast feel, which I'll get to mm-hmm. in a second. But 
Uh, in addition, there were some uh, very specific references to try and even make it appear a little more realistic to the Charleston area itself. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there was a local affiliate TV station in Charleston called WCIV, which was NBC's affiliate at the time. And in this film, they used the call letters WPIV. So very, very close. Mm-hmm. You can understand why somebody, let's just say over the age of 80 watching this, might be confused. Um, there is a plot element that mentions a power failure at a transmitter in North Charleston, uh, where in fact there indeed was a, a an actual uh, transmitter, not an actual power failure. Right. Um, but because of all this, uh, and because this is NBC, and you know it's a big network, and they got to be a little safe with with how they handle these things. Uh, this film. And the filmmakers were required to include uh, an on-screen disclaimer at the beginning and end of every commercial break in order to assure viewers that the events were a dramatization. Um, they also literally included the words or the word dramatization during key moments of the original broadcast. Uh, even more, WCIV placed the word fiction on screen. Wow. <laughs> That's the Charleston affiliate. Uh, at all times during its showing of the movie. Um, they also used uh, accelerated time where events were said to take place hours apart. Instead, uh, you know, they're shown only minutes apart. Uh, despite all of that, apparently there were still reports of people freaking out in <laughs> Charleston, <laughs> thinking this was real. Oh, I love it. Well, and like, here's the thing. They, they said that, like, you know, not unlike... Uh, the original 1938 radio broadcast of War of the Worlds, which I think is the one that Orson Welles was involved in, it was possible for viewers to just tune in and tune in at a moment where there was not a disclaimer on the screen and rush to a snap judgment about what they were seeing. And so, you know, they might change the channel and realize, well, nobody else is talking about this. But uh, nonetheless, it did happen, apparently. And also said it was rebroadcast later in 1984 and they only did disclaimers at the commercial breaks, and they took away any of the uh, like sort of like on-screen stuff during the action. So that's nice. Yeah. And I I'm curious to see uh, what we'll get. Uh, this is uh, the only place I could find this is on YouTube, but it does look like there's more than one stream. So uh, I'm curious to see if those disclaimers are in those uh, those captures there. Or I think in the DVD, they they got rid of all of those. So uh, Mm -hmm. it'll be curious to see. Uh, The movie came out and did quite well. It was nominated for six Emmy Awards and took home four, Craig. Not a bad haul. No. It won Outstanding Drama Special. It won a Director's Guild Award. It won a Director's Guild of America Award. It won a Writer's Guild of America Award for uh, Edward Zwick and Marshall Herskovitz. Mm-hmm. Did I say his name right? I think so. Okay. Uh, as well as the Humanitas Prize, which I don't really... Should I know what that is? Do you know what that is? No. Well, I don't either, but this was interesting. It said that uh, winning that prize irked the guy that was running NBC at the time, I think. Um, he later wrote a book on TV news called Out of Thin Air, and he called Special Bulletin, quote, junk, end quote, <laughs> Wow. And claimed he wanted to return his own Humanitas Prize in protest, quote, but I couldn't find it, <laughs> quote. You're a real piece of work there, Reuven Frank. 
Man. That's also, that. that's not autocorrect. His name was Reuven with a V. Anyway. Tore him a new one. Uh, Leonard Maltzen quite liked this movie. Uh, in his video guide, Special Bulletin was rated way above average, which uh, is, uh, you. I think, every other TV movie in that guide at the time uh, was rated below average, average, or above, not way above. This was the only one. So good for wow. them. Uh, uh, 1983 TV, Craig number one rated show in America at the time. What do you think that is? Uh, that's either... Family Ties or Cheers? No, it was Dallas. Um, oh, yeah. So your top 10 are Dallas, 60 Minutes, Dynasty, The A-Team, Simon and Simon, Magnum P.I., Falcon Crest, Kate and Alley, Hotel, and Cagney and Lacey. And uh, yeah, it, it's interesting to see like that to me feels like such an older demographic than what was yeah. the top 10 of 1988. I mean, you had a different world right there in like the top five. Totally. Um, it's just interesting how those like shifts happen. And look at 60 minutes was number two. Uh, well, and, this, and like, and like but, so many nighttime, just soap operas. Yeah. Like, yeah. Falcon wow. crest. Yeah. yeah. But, um, uh, you also had in the, you know, in like the top 30, uh, the Jeffersons, Webster, the Facts of Life, Knight Rider. I mean, some of those things mm-hmm. that, that I definitely watched as a kid and, and certainly I think would, would get uh, even larger audiences shortly thereafter. Uh, but again, ABC Sunday and ABC Monday Night Movies were in the top 30. NBC Monday Night Movie, the CBS Tuesday Night Movie. Uh, we're all in there. Now, this movie, Special Bulletin, was, a again, a part of the NBC Sunday Night at the Movies on March 20th, 1983. And uh, so I don't know. It, that was not listed in the top 30 that I found. So I, I don't I don't know how. I mean, obviously, I think it did well enough that it, people seem to remember it. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm curious, you know, if they can find the actual ratings of this. It would be interesting to look at. For sure. So, Craig. March 20, 1983. Didn't find anything crazy, specific, any big birthdays for that day. But guess what movie came out the following Friday? That Friday would have been March... 25th. 25th, 1983. Which means... Can I give you a hint? Sure. It's a movie we've covered on this podcast. Oh, wow. Yep. Okay, well, that that blows mine away. What is it? (laughs) Max Dugan returns. Oh, Max Dugan. He's back. That's fantastic. And that is the most special bulletin. <laughs> Sean, you did a fantastic job. Thank you there. That's all I got. Uh, again, super excited to see this one. I love these kind of movies that sort of like want to trick you into thinking they're news. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a genre that needs to live on forever. Um, I don't even know how you would do that today. You know, so yeah. you just have like a lot of text crawls. Well, I guess we've seen it and various things, but sure. to really commit to it for the entirety of the uh, of yeah. the story that that takes. But then, takes yeah, I mean, then there's like there's so many people just not watching. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> it would look like a a series of tweets if it were done. Today. Right. Yes. Well, that would be interesting though if they would do it just to prove like how little broadcast TV has an impact on it. Uh, that would be fascinating. That'd yeah. be neat. Like five people lost their minds. Yeah. That's Everyone usually else actually, realized uh, they were actors. 
it's usually not something, not a reason why uh, network executives are are itching to make something is to prove how no. few people are watching. <laughs> That's true. That would seem self defeating. <laughs> no, but Perhaps. I mean, it would take balls. Somebody yeah. out there, let's do it. Somebody's got to have balls in that industry. Yeah. So again, this is floating around on YouTube. Go find it. If we find a great link for it, we'll we'll maybe post it up on the Facebook page uh, for you to check out as well. And come back next time. We're going to get into it. I'm curious as hell to see what we're getting into. Yeah. Any last words? Gregory Moorhead. Just want to thank people for listening to the Christopher Allport Appreciation Podcast. Absolutely. This year we're going to watch only movies that feature it somewhere uh, Christopher Allport. We've so, probably got a lot to choose from, I'm guessing. I, yeah, I think we do. I think we do. Awesome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.